Amen. Anybody glad to be in God's house just one more time? Why don't we give God a shout of praise? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. He's been so good. He's been so good to me. I can't tell it all. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So good to be in God's house. Amen. And I want to give him honor first and foremost. Amen. I don't even want to know where I'd be without him, without his help, without his, uh, his help in my life. Amen. And uh, I do give honor to my Bishop Pearson, my grandpa as well. Yeah, they're big shoes to fill. But like uh, Brother Mayer said, if, if you just buy into it, amen, it can be yours too. It, my daughter now, uh, my wife, I don't even know where they're at. Where are you at? They're back there hiding from me. But uh, my daughter, she's going to be, a, or she is a sixth generation Pentecostal. And uh, it's a great thing. But if you buy into it with everything that you have, you can be a first generation Pentecostal. Amen. Amen. It can be as real to you as for the first one in your generation, your lineage, your heritage. Amen. I want to give honor to Pastor Jordan Copeland and uh, all that he is doing right now in this city. And, and I just want to give him honor even though he is not here. And uh, just from what I have got to know from your pastor, I just, I just love, what I, what, love what I see. And from our chats on the phone that, we ha- that we've had and just visiting with him. Amen. I want to give him honor, him and his wife. And I would be remiss tonight if I would not give Bishop Copeland honor as well. Amen. For all that he's accomplished for the kingdom of God and how, seeing how it's moving forward. Amen. Seeing the fingerprints of his life in this church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Hall, wherever you're at, for helping me get that behemoth of a trailer backed in. I don't know where he's at, but thank you, Brother Hall. Um, just been good to get to know him, and I uh, give honor to the ministry of this church as well. Amen. And just all that goes into what's going on here, and I give honor to the saints. Amen. For making up this church, this wonderful church. How many are thankful for the church of God? Uh, I'm so thankful for the family, amen, that your church provides me. Without the church... Amen. We all have different families that we come from, but I'm so thankful for the family of the church. If you would stand with me, let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 15. And I heard, I heard my wife giving away my title in the office. It's supposed to be hidden, so don't put my title up yet just yet. Uh, amen, but... Uh, Hopefully I got all the right scriptures up there for you guys. Luke chapter 15 and verse 1 says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans. How many are thankful that all the publicans could come unto Jesus? All the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful 
for that until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. And again, he says it in verse 10 after another parable. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Amen. Why don't we thank God for that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray in Jesus' name right now. Hallelujah. That a move of His Spirit would come through this place. I need some intercessory prayer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray right now that His Spirit comes down and moves in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, like Brother Mayer said... Or like this brother said, uh, oh, if, if Pastor Copeland's not here, if I'm not here, uh, if some of us ain't here, it's okay. Uh, but we've got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray right now. Let's pray. Uh, oh, Jesus, we're asking, Lord, that you would fill this place uh, with your spirit, Lord. Uh, hallelujah, God. Would you reach down and touch our hearts? Uh, would you reach down and connect with us just one more time? Uh, Lord, hallelujah, we're so grateful to be in your house. Uh, so thankful, Lord, for your spirit. Uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. I'm, gonna, I'm going to get to my title in a minute, but I just want to talk about how beautiful the plan of salvation is. We... We know how beautiful the plan of salvation is. Many of us have, uh, we have received it and we have experienced it. I don't want to just sit on the sidelines of what God has for me, but I want to experience uh, the plan of salvation. It's not just a one-time experience, but it's something that happens over and over again in our lives. And so we know how beautiful it is when we repent and, and when we, we go down in the waters of baptism. And I'm sure many of us have done it before as these waters of baptism are stirred. And as we get to watch as the old man and the old creature goes down in the name of Jesus in the waters of baptism. How beautiful it is when we get to see that old dirty wreck, amen, that shipwreck of a person go down in the waters, amen, and get to see as a new creature is born, as a new man comes forth out of the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus, the only saving name. Hallelujah. How, how wonderful it is. Amen. What, what a miracle that happens when we get to see as people are baptized. Amen. As we can see if we look in the Old Testament and seeing how the children of Israel, as they left Egypt, as they left that old desolation and, and the, the, uh, the turmoil and the bondage of their old life, as they left and they had to go through the Red Sea. They just had to. And that's how it is with baptism. We must be baptized in the name of Jesus to be saved. But they had to go through the Red Sea. And as they went through, as their old life, as their old bondage tried to reach through and reach in and take hold of them again and tried to pull them back into the land and into the bondage where they'd come from. 
Amen. Those, those waters came and surrounded them and crashed upon the Egyptians as they tried to steal victory from the Israelites. Oh, that's how baptism is. I'm so thankful for the power of baptism. How beautiful. Oh, I'm preaching how beautiful it is. Amen. The, the plan of salvation. How beautiful it is. Amen. To, oh, if you're looking for miracles in church, if you're looking for signs and for wonders, amen, and, and they do follow those which believe, but if you're looking for miracles, amen, it's when a soul, amen, is filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, how beautiful it is. Amen. To watch as someone receives the Holy Ghost. We run the aisles and we shout and we dance because we know that now there's a miracle taking place. That God's Spirit is indwelling inside of someone who never should have received forgiveness. Someone who was an old man. Someone who's messed up. Amen. But now the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of them. How beautiful the plan of salvation is. How beautiful it is uh, to watch, uh, amen, as a new captain takes control of the ship uh, and is going in a new direction filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And baptism is beautiful. And receiving the Holy Ghost is beautiful. But what I want to preach on tonight is just as powerful as receiving the Holy Ghost is. And just as powerful as being baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus is. When we repent, amen, it's just as important. Amen, it's beautiful. The plan of salvation is beautiful. And I'm preaching tonight that even forgiveness is beautiful. But what my title of my message is this. We cannot bypass the ugly part of salvation. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing. It's so miraculous. We love to watch as people are baptized. We love to see as people are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And forgiveness is beautiful uh, to watch as our sins uh, are removed as far as the east is from the west. Uh, amen. But there is an ugly part of salvation uh, and it's repentance. Hallelujah. And all the other shouting and dancing uh, that goes on when people are baptized. When we receive the Holy Ghost uh, is important. Uh, and we should do those things. And they should uh, follow those signs and wonders. Uh, hallelujah. But repentance, you see, uh, it doesn't just have the confetti and the fanfare. Uh, and all the, uh, the, the, the fun that goes with the other parts of salvation. Amen. There's not a whole lot. I mean... We really understand what repentance is, but there's not a lot of fanfare that comes with repentance. You see, to repent, it's as Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that, amen, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God but we can't find those things. We cannot be transformed. There cannot be a metamorphosis and a changing of the life if there is not repentance. 
I know, I know it's ugly. It's not like all the other parts. It seems like, a, oh man, we don't want to go by that part. Why don't we just skip over to baptism? Why don't we just skip over to the fun parts, to the rejoicing, and to the shouting, and to the dancing? But we can't bypass the ugly part of salvation. We can't go past that bloody altar where we take care of things, where we take sins. And we say, Lord, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want there to be a change. I want there be a, to be a different direction than I'm going. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know it doesn't look pretty. Amen. As the Old Testament sacrifices that were made, the, the burnt offerings that were made for sins, they were ugly. When, when you sacrificed uh, that animal, there had to be a shedding of blood. There had to be a death. It was ugly. It didn't look pretty. There was blood flying everywhere. And there was death. And it was dirty. And it looked ugly. But it had to be done. We can't bypass the ugly part of salvation. Because you see, what's so important about salvation is it doesn't, it seems like we could just run to baptism. We can just run to the Holy Ghost. But you see, repentance is powerful. We don't think of repentance as being powerful. We think of it as a submission and abasing ourselves. And, and oh, it's, it's, you know, or we got to be, be humbled. And that's how it's got to be. But repentance is powerful. Because the devil's job is to enslave humanity and to take it to, to his final resting place, the lake of fire. And the devil wants to take humanity there. He wants to take you and I there and to have us live in bondage and in sin forever with no way out, with no hope and no chance of survival. That there's no escaping from sin. There's no escaping from this life of sin. Only wishing we could have a way out. Only wishing that things could be different amen a soul full of torment and a soul full full of regret you see the devil wants us to live in that place forever uh, thinking oh man if if only uh, i wouldn't have done that if only i wouldn't have said that if only i wouldn't have gotten involved with that uh, things could be different uh, this isn't what i signed up for uh, this isn't the, this isn't the ship uh, that i got on I, I didn't intend to be here but see, you see, the devil will take us down roads, roads we never intended to travel down. Amen. It'll send us hurling down into depths that we never thought low enough to live in. Oh, hallelujah. That's why the devil, he hates it. He hates repentance. He, what he is banking on, what he is hoping is that, that we will not find a way out of our sin. He's hoping that, that we won't come to our senses, that we won't come and realize that there is a way out of this. There, there is a different life that I can live if I can only find repentance. You see, because that's where repentance finds us. Oh, hallelujah. That's why it's powerful. Because repentance finds us in our lowest state. Amen. Forgiveness is beautiful. But, sin, but repentance is ugly. You see, what the devil, he, what he's planning on is just like the prodigal. What he is banking on is that the prodigal will never come to his senses. 
that he'll never find himself at the bottom. Never find himself in the pit of despair or in the pig's pen, if you could say it that way. And that's where repentance found him, said, God, I regret that. Uh, I'm so sorry. I never realized what a fool I was. I never realized what a mess I'd made. I never realized that I, that, I, that I brought myself pain, sorrow, and regret, but also that I brought you sorrow. I'm so sorry that I made a wreck of my life, but that I embarrassed you, God, that I, that I offended you, God. You see, what the devil would hope is that we would live in a never-ending cycle of sorrow. But the Bible says... Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Amen. I'm not here to preach sorrow, but I'm here to preach godly sorrow. Something that we can't just shake off. A, a thought that we can't just shake off. A sorrow that just doesn't leave us. Say, man, I've got to live different. Something has to change in my life. I've got to do something about this. Sorrow that just doesn't leave us. When we go away from church and we go home and we say, Lord, I've got to do something different. I've got to end all this misery of sin in my life. You see, godly sorrow worketh repentance. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 9 says, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. The devil wants us to remain locked in with sorrow, pain, and regret. Amen. But it's okay to sorrow when it's godly sorrow. Amen. Because godly sorrow will, will bring us to the point where we say, I've got to change my thinking. I've got to change my mentality. I've got to change my approach to life. There's still hope. I've got to change the say, things I say. I've got to change the places I go. I've got to change the things that I do. I've got to change the things that I set before my eyes. Hallelujah. Oh, the devil hates repentance. It's so powerful. Amen. If you look at Legion... Amen. In, in all of his torment, in all of his destruction, in all of his downfall as he was uh, ran around uh, uh, cutting himself uh, and running around in the tombs uh, and no man could bind him. There was no man that knew what to do. They're saying, this man is such a wreck. He's hopeless. There's nothing we can do with this soul. But repentance found him. Mercy found him. Amen. There was nothing that the, that the devil could do about Legion or the man that they called Legion when he came to the feet of Jesus and he said, Lord, have mercy on me. Amen. That's why repentance is powerful. Amen. That's why we can't bypass the ugly part, the ugly part of salvation. Musicians, if you would come. And you see, you know why? You know why a lot of us don't have complete repentance? Because a lot of us think that godly sorrow work is, works repentance. And that because we have that sorrow, and because we weep, and because we cry, and because we lay it all out before Him, that's enough. But I'm telling you, repentance is a transfer 
of authority. Repentance is godly sorrow. And repentance is bawling our eyeballs out. Amen. But the reason why repentance is complete submission is because there has to be a transfer of authority that says something different has got to happen from this point on. Something different is going to happen in my life. You know why we can't bypass the ugly part of salvation? Because if we're going to get to the beautiful parts, if we're going to get to the waters of baptism, we, we have to understand what repentance is. If we're going to receive the Holy Ghost, amen, the beautiful infilling of the Holy Ghost, as we speak in tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance, we got to go by the ugly part. But you see... The battle is not over day to day. You know, just like we say the Holy Ghost is not a one-time experience, repentance is not a one-time experience. It's daily. You say, I'm killing this old flesh. I'm leaving it behind. I'm going in a different direction. Uh, There's a transfer of authority that's taking place. You see, repentance is powerful because what's happening is there's somebody else taking control of the car. And the devil hates it. He's, no. And so that's why our pride, our flesh rises up and says, no, you don't need to make that complete transformation. Amen. And when, and that scripture that says, Romans 12, 2, that says, be transformed when if you look up that word in the Greek it means a complete metamorphosis and we think of a lot of us think of metamorphosis in uh, as a butterfly but you see the butterfly is completely different it not only has different antenna it has different legs and, and all those beautiful colors and all the and all the 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 beautiful part, the beauty of the butterfly. It eats different things. Its diet is different. It now eats liquids. Caterpillars eat solids. But none of that can happen unless they go through the cocoon. Amen. We can't have the beautiful parts. We can't have all the shouting and the dancing and and the running the aisles if we don't go by and say, flesh, I'm taking you down to this old altar. Because you see, when Jesus fashioned, Jesus fashioned that whip. He didn't just grab any old whip. He made that whip. And he went into the tabernacle. And he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast everybody out of the temple. This isn't a this isn't a pretty place. But it's a place of prayer where we take care of things, where we take we take our issues and we take our all of our downfalls and all of our flaws and all of our iniquity and we bring it before him and we say Lord I know I've made a mess of things I know I've made a wreck of things but I'm here Lord to give you a transfer of authority Lord I'm sorry for the mess that I made I'm sorry for all the iniquity and the sin but something different has to happen if you would stand with me Because 
Amen. Psalms 143 says, teach me to do thy will. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. It ain't easy. It's ugly. Amen. We come. Amen. And some of us, we know. We know there's places where we took care of things. We know, uh, yeah, that's right, I had to come and bring that thing down there. And I had to cut it off. I had to destroy it and say, Lord, I'm giving you 100% authority in my life. I'm giving you 100%. Oh, let's pray right now. Oh, God is working. Hallelujah. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's when your flesh comes and says, no, you don't need to take care of it. Yes, you can have godly sorrow. You can have sorrow. That's okay. You can have pain. That's okay. But you know what repentance says? No, there's a complete transformation. A complete transfer of authority. Hallelujah. I invite you to come to these altars. Amen. They're open. If anybody wants to come take care of some things and say, Lord, I, I know it's not pretty. And you know what's happening? Here on earth, it's ugly. But the angels, the angels up there are rejoicing. They're shouting. Amen. When we repent. Well, let's pray, church.